Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Reitens. This is the show that respects your intelligence. We honor you as a citizen, and we bring you the stories and the perspectives that so oftentimes the mainstream media simply ignore. To start tonight's show, I want to bring in Adam Weiss. He is the CEO of AMWPR. He's represented a number of different celebrities and political figures, including Donald Trump Jr., but he also has a really important perspective on what's happening with the cancel culture and the woke mob to Republicans and Trump supporters across the country. Adam, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Governor, thanks for having me. You bet. So, Adam, again, you've represented a lot of celebrities and political figures. And when people think about the cancel culture right now, they've seen what's happened to President Trump in terms of the social media cancellation of his Twitter, his Facebook, his other accounts. They've seen them go after a lot of other high profile Republicans. Give us your perspective right now on how Republicans in general, including average citizens, are being portrayed in the media. I think it's horrific the way they're being treated right now in the media, and especially conservatives across the country are being treated like, you know, for five years, I say five because, you know, the President Trump, uh, you know, before he was elected, obviously ran for a year and a half, two years. And he built his movement probably a year within him running. So for five years, they've been called every name in the book, racist, misogynist, homophobic, hicks for middle America. So, and then they want to know why they came on January 6th to show support for the president you know, hold a big protest and rally. And they say, why are these people getting upset? Why are these people, you know, showing uh, such disconcern for the, you know, for what happened in the election? So after all this abuse, you want to know why. And this is what happens with these people. You beat someone up over the head. The same people that lecture us about bullying all the time. You can't bully someone if they're a couple pounds out of weight. Don't bully. These people have been bullied for five years. They came and did the protest. And then now, for the last week, we've been lectured that they're every horrible thing in the book. And then they use that, I think, to bring in 25,000 National Guard. And now they're investigating these National Guards. Like, aren't people that are already in the military, I know you might be able to answer this, already investigated? Now they have to double down and investigate them more, go onto their Facebook page, go into their Instagram page, and, and worry about if they've said something pro-police pro or pro-Trump or something that might have been anti you know, BLM or something and say, these people are not allowed to be in Washington. Let's throw them out. So, you know, we're going way overboard here that, you know, Biden probably couldn't get a crowd on his own, that he needs to have the crowd 
replaced in the National Guard. But this is just way overboard. The walk uh, cancel culture that's happened. I saw Mike Lindell, CEO of Mike yeah. Hiller, uh, who was a staunch Trump supporter, till the end spent millions of dollars on money investigating the Dominion's software. And now the, some of the left and the big groups that they represent went after Bed Bath and Beyond, went after Coles and got, and they folded like they do right away. Okay, perfect corporate statement. We are not carrying his pillow anymore within, you know, right away. So here we go. You know, anybody that holds these views are getting canceled. Yeah, and, and Adam, you know, I do want to want to pick up on on your, your statement there, because I think it's so important. You know, when I served in the military, I was a Navy SEAL. There was never once before a single mission in Iraq, Afghanistan, Southeast Asia or the Horn of Africa, where I turned to the person next to me and I said, hey, I need to know, are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know, everybody came together and they served a common mission. And I just really think that this idea of this political investigation of the military uh, is, is really troublesome. And it's something that we got we to gotta keep an eye on. Now, you also touched on something, Adam, I want to get your, your thoughts on. We've seen now how big tech, right, through Facebook, through Twitter, through a lot of these other social media companies, they're actually going out and canceling the ability of people to project opinions that they don't, uh, that they don't care for. Talk with, if you would, a little bit how the corporate culture is now working with big tech to silence some of these voices. Well, it seems like they're all working hand in hand, big tech, media, and the, uh, you know, corporations, right? So, for example, there over the weekend, CNN has been running, uh, had some guests on advocating that they go after the cable providers for uh, some, you know, right-leaning networks. Now, since when is that the job of a reporter at CNN to advocate going after cable companies because they're carrying other companies? So they'll team up with, now that story will trend on Twitter. So the tweet, Twitter mob will have it trending. They'll go after the cable provider by tweeting at them, which scares them. And then if someone in corporation will get a call from CNN and, hey, so-and-so, do you know you're carrying these racist, blah, 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 they, and they get in their corporate boardroom, and they fold within like two seconds. So it's a combination. When you have that much of, of, of the culture of America teaming up together, it's kind of hard for these corporations. They're not in the game. They're going about their work days. They're going, you know, just doing their job. They're not in the political spectrum every day. They don't understand it, that the left has created these giant groups, that some of them are fake, some of them are just bots, some of them sound bigger than they are. And they created these groups just to scare corporations, just to cancel another voice in America. One of the things I loved about Trump, he fought back, right? And that's why he built this incredible movement. But they've dealt, the left has doubled and tripled and quadrupled down to cancel any voices. We used to say, okay, let's have a free and open debate. Now it's not free and open day. It's like one side debate, dare even open the other side debate. We're not only gonna just say you're wrong, we're gonna throw you off a platform. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a it's a very clear assault on freedom of, of, of expression, on, on freedom of speech. And maybe you could also walk our viewers through, again, you're, you're a PR professional. You've worked with a lot of folks over the course of you know, many years. Let's talk a little bit about how this cancel culture developed. I mean, I remember even when you go back to this past summer, when you had the BLM and the Antifa riots and the looting and the attacks on people who are engaged in prayer, you had all of those, those attacks that were happening over the course of the summer. There were people who were posting 
pro-police op-eds onto their own personal social media, and it ended up costing them professionally. A lot of people are scared just in their personal lives about actually being able to express their own opinion. What's your What's your advice to them? Yeah, I know because I had I had a, a, a colleague I grew up, a friend of mine, police officer, said he went to the rally, and he was just he didn't go to the Capitol. He says there were very scary looking people in this crowd that weren't seemed not to be supportive. Got back, he mm. says, you know, I'm not going to post anything. I'm scared. I can't post it anywhere. I don't let anybody know I came. I'm afraid. I'm saying this is a scared, sad part in America that you came out just to support the president of the United States and you can't even just post a photo or a picture showing your support for the president, you know, two weeks ago. So, you know, you want to teach and you want to give advice to Americans that stand up strong and fight. But like we're in a scary place. I don't want to give advice and someone stands up and fights. And right now the FBI is running around arresting people left and right. I saw this morning at a uh, retired FDNY uh, 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 firefighter was arrested this morning and they said he he was at the rally and he went into the Capitol. And that's all he did. He didn't bust anything. He didn't steal anything. And if you look at a lot of the videos out there, they were waving people in. Police officers right. opened the doors and waved people up. So if you and I are standing there and we went to the rally protest and police officers opened the door and let us in. Our whole lives we've been telling, we've been taught this is the people's house. So you mean right. tell me if you walked in and then some of our, you know, other side or the media points out this person was at the bus, went into the cab. Let's find them and arrest them. I've never seen the FBI work so fast in my life arresting these uh, protesters from last week. A nurse in Missouri, a fire, a former a retired firefighter, this young kid who had that suit on who's sitting in the uh, in the speaker's chair was arrested. And it's all some serious charges. These aren't civil fines. These are federal offenses. That gentleman that they put in the, who was in the speaker's chair, who had that, you know, <laughs> a comical outfit on, let's say, and he, he's being, they wouldn't even let him out on bail. So it's a scary time that, you know, one side of the aisle, we watched, uh, we watched cities across America from Atlanta to New York to Kenosha, to be the fire burned, destroyed, police stations burnt up, you know, police officers killed, 30 murderers, and I never saw the FBI work this hard, and I never saw the media condemn these people that we saw last week. I never saw the word resurrection used as much in the last week and a half. And Adam, what's your what's your advice to conservatives about where they can and should go to get facts, to get the news? One of the things that, that a lot of people are concerned about and we hear about all the time is that you know they have Real America's Voice. They obviously have JustTheNews.com. Those are places where they can go. What other advice are you giving to your fellow citizens about places where they can go to make sure that they are getting the news when places like Twitter and Facebook are now, you know, oftentimes not just canceling people but actually canceling stories and not allowing people to share them? You know, the good thing about it, we've won elections before these tech industries came about. You know, we had we've always been a pretty center-right country. You know, mm. it's some biases we have to work against. But we've always, you know, Americans are good people, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. I don't think, even if you surveyed in the truth of matter, Democrats, independents, they don't want this kind of tyranny that's going on in the tech industry. So they'll see it, it'll come through. So hopefully we'll win elections again. People can go on Parler, Telegram, Telegram, CloudHub, Gab, you know, all sorts of alternative platforms if you get suspended on these other platforms. Continue to fight, continue to stay upbeat fight for a new elections, but you know, 
fight for the good people. I don't want to see like Senator McConnell came out today and is blaming the president again. I'm still trying. I'm still watching these videos. I'm still watching the speech and trying to figure out where the president incited this riot. He said a couple of times, go over there peacefully. I mean, it's just unbelievable the way they're trying to box him out and not have him run again or make him irrelevant or make him like he didn't exist as a president. For 75 million people, the most votes by far out of any president in the Republican any Party. Ever. Well, Adam, we very much appreciate uh, you joining us. Look forward to having you uh, in the studio when possible. And again, folks, that, that's Adam Weiss. He's the CEO of AMWPR. Stay right with us. We've got an incredible show tonight. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. And tonight, I want to continue our analysis of what's happening in the current media landscape by bringing in Mark Serrano. He's the president of Proactive Communications. Mark, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Good evening, Governor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Mark, uh, you've been on with us a lot during the election specials. You were there. You've had a frontline seat. You've advised some of the biggest clients in the country about what's happening right now. If you could, at this moment, as President Trump is about to depart the White House, give us your perspective on how the media covered President Trump. And then also, if you would, please, your predictions on what we're seeing about how the media is going to be covering President Biden. Sure, Governor. Well, look, if you, if you look at it this way, what was revealed, what Donald Trump helped reveal is the truth about the media. Sure, he yeah. talked about fake news. Uh, but, you know, that's just sort of baked into what is supposed to be journalism today. Journalism is dead in most places in America, except, thank goodness, for just the news and Real America's Voice. Uh, because what was revealed was that, you know, these people who parade themselves as journalists truly are political activists. Uh, right. If you read your typical news story from The New York Times, from The Washington Post, Look at it carefully, and it's about politics in America or about Washington or Donald Trump. Read it carefully and ask yourself, does that sound like objective journalism, fact-based information being passed on to me, or is that opinion being masqueraded as news? So, And here's an interesting warning I, I give to the news media writ large here, Governor, yeah. which is be careful what you ask for. You had unprecedented access to the sitting president of the United States for four years. Unprecedented. Donald right. Trump was in front of the media three, four times a day on most days. Himself, not a spokesperson covering for him, although they right. did a terrific job in the communication shop. They had direct access to the president, his thinking, his reasoning, his rationale. And they took it for granted. They exploited it. They tried to make the story about themselves 
and not what's best for the American people, not reporting news and information. And now let's look ahead, Governor. Now what are they going to get? It will be boring, just like it always was. It's going to be staged events only where they don't have direct access to Joe Biden. And it's going to also be the stiff, uh, you know, spokespeople describe standing at the podium in front of them. Yeah. And Mark, what's your what's your sense for how the media is going to cover President Biden? I mean, one of the things that we've seen that I think was so striking, it was so striking. And again, we had people who, who watch this show who are conservatives. We have people who watch who are liberals. We have Democrats, Republicans. But once people started asking questions of then Vice President Biden after the, the election and journalists were asking him questions about his dogs and his favorite ice cream. And they compared this to the way they asked questions of President Trump. How's the media in your in your initial assessment, how are they going to be covering a Vice President Biden as he becomes president? Well, they're going to turn into uh, uh, foaming at the mouth, vicious political activists to school children, mm-hmm. uh, supplicant, supplicant school children. Okay. Right. We look. We we saw it during the presidential campaign, where uh, reporters were uh, ushered in and ushered out. They were told to hush and not allowed to ask any questions or step out of line, and they went along with it. They're supplicants, uh, and and that's what we're going to witness. Uh, and, and let me tell you, let me give credit to local news reporters across the country, because after we saw months of this uh, with Joe Biden, where did we see real questions asked? It's when they dared to let him sit in front of a local TV reporter who would ask him a real question, a straightforward, fact-based real question. So now, and here's what's going to happen. This is what took place for decades before Donald Trump was president of the United States. The ruling class, the establishment, is in control. They're going to be sucking power away from the American people day in and day out, but they're going to put a gloss on top of it. Staged events from Joe Biden and then his, uh, you know, his... uh, uh, representatives at the podium are going to be uh, basically having a love fest with reporters who are in complete alignment in ideology. And so it's uh, it's going to be, de- you know, deception on display. And these reporters are going to change their tune from what they've done for the past four years, where they made themselves the story. Uh, they attacked Donald Trump. They disrespected the office of the president. And now we're going to see supplicants people who are in total alignment with ideology from this far left uh, take over the White House and the Congress. And and it's going to be, unfortunately, the losers will be the American people. Yeah. And Mark, what's your what's your sense right now for how the media landscape is shifting? I mean, you've got 70 plus million Americans now who are saying uh, for the, the largest numbers in the history of the country are saying that they have no trust at all in the mainstream media. That's not to include those other people who say that they have very little conf- confidence in the mainstream media. We've seen a lot of people coming here to Real America's Voice. People are going to Just the News. What's your sense for how the media landscape is going to shift and change over the course of these next couple of years, as so many tens of millions of Americans feel that the mainstream media is either talking down to them or simply doesn't want to serve them anymore? Right, because the news elites, the media elites in America, they stare down their nose at uh, average Americans, right? And they have no idea 
how smart and shrewd the American people are. And the American people see right through it, which is why they find refuge at Real America's Voice and Just the News. Uh, and, and the truth is what we're seeing right now, Governor, is we're seeing uh, a shame game being put on by the left so that if you dare to speak about election integrity and the lawlessness and irregularities that we witnessed in these elections in major cities, particularly in, in Democrat strongholds in Philadelphia and Detroit, and Milwaukee and elsewhere, if you dare to utter those words, you will be targeted, you'll be shamed, you'll be deplatformed. You know, if you dare to suggest that there wasn't an instigation of violence from Donald Trump or others, you know, you will be shamed and you'll be taken out. This is this is a lack of tolerance for dissent from the ruling class. If you take a look in just Monday uh, in The Washington Post, there was an essay published that basically called for anyone who they claimed is responsible for incitement, which is absurd. There's no proof of that whatsoever, uh, should be taken off the airways. You know, major broadcasters, they're saying through the rule of law, through the power of government, through the Federal Communications Commission, should be taken off the air because they have not done enough, like Facebook and Twitter, to hold conservatives accountable for their views and their opinions. Free speech is not free anymore. And dissent will not be tolerated by the far left. They're going to use the power of government, now that it's in their hands, to, to not just shame people, right, to, but to condemn them, to disrupt them, to take them offline, to harm them financially. Uh, and this is not America. This is not where we should be, Governor. Look, you know, there can be healthy debates about these issues, and we should stick with facts and information about the elections and about what's taken place in Washington in recent weeks. But this notion that we can't have dissent, it's very, very troubling. And I'm afraid that this is these are signs of things to come, that the Washington Post believes that they are the keeper of the flame of truth and that they would call upon a government agency to shut down news and media organizations because they haven't done enough to stamp out people who have different opinions is an outrage. And I'm afraid it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, it is. It is incredibly disappointing. And, and as you and I have talked about in the past, uh, you know, the, the very idea of freedom of speech, of freedom of expression, it is baked into the Constitution. It's also it's baked into the fabric of America, because the whole idea was that you had free citizens coming together in a republic where we could hear facts and make up our own minds. And now you have a lot of big tech censors, a lot of folks in the mainstream media who are saying that they want to make certain opinions actually illegal. They want to take certain facts off of the table. I think it's disturbing to a lot of Americans. And on that, on that point, Mark, what is your advice to our viewers who are really worried about the future of the country and who are worried about how they can get the information that they need to stay active and engaged as citizens? Well, look, first of all, they've, they've done take the first step, which is wise, which is to tune in here and join us, because this is one of those last bastions of free speech where we welcome dissent, we welcome different points of views, uh, and it's yes. so precious and essential right now. But I would say that the American people should really scrutinize what they're being told and who's telling it to them. And look, you know, we lived through eight years of Barack Obama. I thought Barack Obama's policies were a danger to America and actually harmed lives. I never personalized it. I, I never, you know, uh, you know, wanted Obama uh, to, or President Obama taken out of office. You know, I want 
free and fair debate. I want open and honest dialogue. That's not what the left wants, because uh, by being able to sort of suppress these opinions and views, you know, they're able to pass their policies without so much disruption or uh, interference. And it's just not healthy for America. We've got to have that dialogue. But to your viewers, I say, continue to scrutinize what you're learning and from where. Continue to look for platforms that respect free speech, that practice real journalism uh, and pursue facts and show you the basis points and, and let you dig in uh, to find the source information for all the stories that are written. That's what you're going to find here with Just the News, with Real America's Voice. Uh, and I just think that the American people are smart. They're going to scrutinize what they're being told. They're going to recognize that, you know, all hope is not lost, that we've got we have the ability to pressure our elected officials and, uh, you know, to uh, make sure that they're held accountable uh, in the voting booth and that the voting booth is sacred and that our free speech rights are sacred. Our individual liberties are sacred. We've got to defend them more than ever, but we've got to do it with civility. Uh, and yes. uh, e even if the left is overreaching, we can use that as an advantage. People across the country are, are stepping forward to, to do that. Mark, thank you so much. Again, folks, that's Mark Serrano. He's the president of Proactive Communications. Stay right with us. We'll be back in just a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Reitens. You know, every once in a while, we have a guest on the show and we get great acclaim from our viewers who want to see more of them. So we're bringing back David Zier. David is the host of Breaking Point. If you haven't seen his show yet, you can catch it this weekend on Real America's Voice. David, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I understand that you've actually been out in Washington, D.C. today. If you could, please give our viewers just a sense for what you're seeing on the ground there. Uh, thank you, Governor. It's an honor to be back with you. Um, you know, I came to D.C. when I was six years old. Um, mm -hmm. I live in New York. I've been down here hundreds of times for politics and business. And my son went to GW, and we watched the revival of D.C., and it was wonderful, you know, great restaurants, DuPont Circle, the place was electric. It's all gone. You know, I, I, my mother took me to meet Jimmy Carter and Walter Mondale for the Easter egg roll in the White House lawn. Now you can't even, like, walk down the street without, you know, people asking for your ID in some places here in D.C. Um, it's, it's a true dystopian state. Um, but it's also, you know, it's very sad. Um, uh, you know, the, I feel like the leftists have taken over this country. And, um, you know, I was in the Soviet Union when I was 16. People used to be dragged out of their house for buying appliances because they were being accused of trading in the black market. You know, but now that translates to, you know, conservatives being silenced and stuff. And I'm tired of being told as a Trump supporter that I am Al Qaeda or ISIS. I lost one of my best friends in 9-11. Shame on these people for what's going on and what they did to D.C., you know, the brutal lockdowns combined with, 
you know, for COVID, and then combined with this, uh, you know, National Guard presence in the city. And I love these troops. And they, even their patriotism is being questioned, which is disgusting to me. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that, David. I mean, we have now it's upwards of 25,000 National Guard troops uh, from all over the country. They are now in Washington, D.C. Um, as governor, one of my great honors was to be the commander in chief of the Missouri National Guard. Incredible men and women who stepped up, who did their duty no matter what. I can tell you personally and as I remarked earlier in the show that, you know, as a Navy SEAL, I served for years and never once did we ask someone what their political affiliation right. was, determine whether or not they could do a mission. And yet now we've got people who are asking about the politics of the troops. Something about this strikes me and so many people as really disturbing. What's your take? Well, I think the old-time Democrat is gone from this country. We've been taken over by a progressive leftist Marxist you know, kind of agenda, and they're uneducated uh, about, you know, Soviet expansionism and the Iron Curtain and all the millions of people that were thrown into camps, you know. Um, this, this is really bad, you know. They, they, they loathe the military, you know. They loathe the military, and they're never, they're never supportive of the military and the police. And all of a sudden, it's okay to have walls and fences, and they love the police, you know. Um, it, it's really... An incredible thing. You have all three, you know, branches of government controlled by these new Democrats, and then you have the fourth estate and the media in bed with them, you know, outside of Real America's Voice News and a few other platforms. Um, you know, this is this is a takeover of the United States. I compare it to, you know, Soviet-style propaganda, TASS TV, Pravda newspaper, combined with Chicom thought control. And then com combined with the Venezuela style of government where you can never trust an election again, there's a multi-platform takeover of the United States uh, going on here. So, you know, I love the military. And, um, you know, I, I spent time with troops in Walter Reed. I ran a veterans group for years. And, you know, these guys, double, triple amputees that gave their life for this country. Um, I think they're being misused here. And it's the only way Biden can get several thousand people to a, an event was to have the National Guard here. So, uh, you know, and I know Trump supported bringing in the Guard and there were some security concerns, but this is definitely overkill, right? Yeah, and, and David, you also, you have a perspective because you did live in the Soviet Union. You've got a lived perspective and a historical perspective that a lot of Americans uh, don't have. It's also the case that you've got a perspective now because of the work that you do, kind of being on the front lines of seeing what's happening to average citizens. You know, we were talking earlier in the show about kind of the cancel culture and the woke mob, but many people still associate that with them going after conservative figures, going after President Trump, going after a Mike Flynn. But we're also seeing this now where they're actually targeting individuals threatening their livelihoods. And I understand that you've actually had some friends who've right. experienced this. Well, just for the record, I, I didn't live in the Soviet Union. I visited there, but my family spent extensive time there. I had a family member married in the Soviet Union. They were the, one of the only people to get that person out of the Soviet Union, 
you know, out of the communist system in the history of the country, you know. And, um, you know, I have that perspective because I live under Andrew Cuomo in New York where, you know, we have a socialist takeover. The municipal unions control your lives and workers' comp rates and liability rates. Like, why go into business if your profits are going to be limited and they're going to be in every aspect of your life? So I'm watching it. And then combine it with the lockdowns where we have 400,000 Manhattanites out of 8 million people already left the city and they're the people with money. Um, so, you know, and getting back to the conservative thought suppression, um, you know, I had a good friend come into our office last week. He was fired from his real estate organization um, because of his conservative views. And somebody reported him to the corporate franchise. And I had another friend who was fired for mansplaining to a woman who was a prominent conservative at a Notre Dame, which is a very liberal school. They've been after him for years. And this is going to continue. And they're coming for us. Yeah, and it, it's, it sounds like this is, it's just there's a crescendo that's been ramping up. I, I was commenting earlier in the show that we started to see this this past summer when people would go out and they'd put out during the Antifa riots, during the looting, during the rioting, and you'd have people go out and they'd put out a pro-police op-ed on their own personal social media, usually just saying that they were behind the blue, that they were supporting our law enforcement officers, and then... They ended up getting attacked. They got attacked at home. They got attacked at their places of, of, of work. Um, now we do have, thankfully, we've got courageous reporters like John Solomon and the team at Just the News, which continue to report the facts. We've got the team here at Real America's Voice. Uh, but I think a lot of average Americans are very concerned about the kind of attacks that are being launched, not just at public figures, but individuals, what kind of advice are you giving to, to friends, family members, and your own fellow citizens at a time like well, this? Well, uh, in, in New York, you know, you can only imagine, you know, 70% of the people still support uh, Governor Cuomo. It's inexplicable after we lost one-third of our businesses from these lockdowns and 11,000 restaurants in New York City. Last night, the BLM people were throwing bottles and smashing them against police helmets, you know, and, and throwing you know, bottles and, you know, these, these police have been under assault for the last eight months and we have bail reform in New York State where you can commit one of 400 crimes, you can't be held on bail. You know, this is a takeover of America and nobody says anything. So we have to be careful. I've been to many BLM rallies covering it and, you know, they're using, they're using words, they're calling the police Nazis, they're spitting on them, they're throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, you know, New York City, they came down on the streets on bicycles in waves and then from the other end, they would, you know what they would do? They would distract you. They would come up and confront you, and then another group of BLM guys would come up behind you and then take you out and knock you out cold. You know, this is going on. And as I said in a previous appearance, you know, shootings are up 110%, murders are up 40% in New York City. It's, it's unbridled uh, anarchy. And um, my kids live in Manhattan, and I can't sleep at night. So my, my advice is buckle up. This is going to get pretty nasty here. Um, and somebody's got to step up and challenge what is going on, because I think we're in a very dangerous place, you know, with, with these Democrats yeah. in control. They're new Democrats. I have relationships with a lot of Democrats. I worked on like 100 races in New York, and I have good relationships with the party leaders and stuff. Uh, this, is a new, this is a new type of person. It's scary. Yeah, and David, talk a little bit, because so often the mainstream media simply isn't covering, for example, the violence that you referenced that was just, again, directed at NYPD officers. That violence wasn't covered by 
the mainstream media. They haven't covered the fact that all of these restaurants are closing, that the police budget's been cut, that murders are up. Give everybody, if you could, again, just a, a, a sense for what's really happening on the ground in New York City. What's, what's really happening across the blue states is unemployment's 10 to 13 percent. In the red states, it's 4 to 6 percent, and they have half the deaths per capita of the blue states. The blue state knockdowns are unnecessary. These restaurants should have been able to be open at 75 percent capacity all summer, so when the second wave hit, they'd be able to at least survive the winter. The guys who let their guys their contractors out of the gate at four in the morning, you know, don't have time to protest. They're good people. They're tired of being told they're bad people. They don't have time to protest and rally and everything, you know, and they're suffering. There's no reason for an 18-year-old to go to the bank and get a loan for a landscaping truck and become a landscaper and then a builder at 28 and then a commercial landlord at 40 and chasing the American dream because now you have $60,000, $80,000 in expenses over your head. As soon as you start that business with $10,000 liability costs, workers' comp, Medicaid fraud, you know, all this stuff that goes on while everybody else sits at home, collects a check, and, and illegals come in here and milk the system. You know, these, these people have no incentive to chase the American dream anymore. And that's fleeting in this country. And I'm very worried that we don't have skilled people. I'm very worried that these blue states have snuffed out generations of businesses, of diner owners, of restaurants, two, three, four generations deep. They came here with two pennies in their pocket from Europe, like my great-grandparents did. They were street sweepers and sewed beads on dresses in New York City. They learned the language. There was no welfare. They made it. We're four generations deep, a success story. And, like, I don't see that going forward. We're erasing our history. We're being told we're bad. Eighty percent of the National Guard voted for Trump, you know, white males, and they're under assault having their patriotism questioned. And, um, you know, we, we have to fight back. We have to fight back. Well, I mean, I think the good news, David, is that, you know, our viewers and many people across the country are. Uh, we remain a courageous country. And I think you can all see why David's passion has already earned him a loyal fellowship here at Actionable Intelligence and why so many people are looking to check you out this weekend on Breaking Point. David, thank you again for joining us. And folks, stay right with us. We're going to be back in a moment with Dr. Gina Loudon, who just spoke to President Trump. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As we said at the top of the hour, this is the show that respects your intelligence, and we bring you the insights and the perspectives that the mainstream media so often ignore. And now I'm very happy to bring in Dr. Gina Loudon. Dr. Gina, as you know, is the host of Dr. Gina Primetime, which airs right after Actionable Intelligence. And talk about insight. Dr. Gina, you had a conversation with President Trump just the other night. Uh, if you could, please share a little bit with our viewers about that conversation. Well, I just uh, I wanted to call and just tell him how 
excited Floridians are. I'm in several threads of patriots who are organizing uh, different greeting events. Actually, on my way into the studio tonight, patriots were already, if you can believe it, assembling for his arrival, arrival tomorrow. Um, and I wanted him to know that, you know, his, um, his leadership continues and that I know that he's coming here uh, to lead in Florida and uh, to lead the MAGA movement that will continue. And uh, I wanted him to know that um, patriots are already preparing for that and already excited to greet him and have his leadership from here. Floridians are very honored that this president has chosen Florida as his home. And mm. I don't know if that has really hit him yet. And so I wanted to help him to sort of look forward um, to how excited folks are to have him here in what is a free state after being in uh, Washington, D.C., where, as you know, things are extremely shut down. I spent a lot of time in both places lately, and I can assure you it's night and day. Yeah, they are. It's absolutely incredibly shut down, locked down in Washington, D.C. They brought in 26,000 plus troops here for, for Joe Biden's inauguration, whereas the state of Florida has been, you know, of all of the states in the union, certainly um, maintained uh, its its freedom. Dr. Gina, you've you've known the president and you've known a lot of members of the president's family for, for years now. You've been very close to many of them, to many folks in the campaign. And you, you've often offered our viewers a lot of your insights based on those relationships. When you look back now, and there'll obviously be plenty of time for retrospective views, but, but at this moment, you know, when, when President Trump is about to leave office and you look back on his legacy right now as we stand here today, what stands out to you most? What do you think Americans are going to most remember about President Trump? Well, first of all, I think as President Trump has reminded us many times, and as I am absolutely sure, uh, that legacy is just beginning. Um, the MAGA movement is going nowhere. And yes, I, I do love and, and revere the family. They're friends. And uh, the president is a friend. And that was the context in which I called him. And I've spoken to several of the family members today as well. And, um, and that, that is exactly um, how I think of them. Um, in terms of his legacy from his first term, um, I would say that the most important thing he did that no one else has ever done, and I don't expect many to ever have the courage to do again, um, is taking on what I've begun to refer to as the locust media, but many call it the legacy, legacy media. Uh, there are a lot of words for it, the alphabet soup media, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, there's just a, a lot of media out there that has been fake news. And this president had the courage and the heart and, and really the wisdom uh, and the independence that uh, he was willing to take it on in ways that no other president has before, while simultane simultaneously, Eric, maintaining such a transparency with the media and the American people, um, such as we've never seen before as well. I think that once, even the press corps, once they experience what I believe will be a very closed off traditional relationship that they'll get from the Biden administration, um, I think they will, in a lot of ways, miss that transparency that they've become very spoiled by from the Trump administration.
Yeah, you know, this is one of the things you know Mark Serrano and I were talking about earlier, is that in President Trump, the media had direct access to the President of the United States' thoughts, yeah. his reasoning, yeah. his rationale. He was happy to explain the people who he was working with, the conversations that he, he was having, the objectives that he was pursuing. And it looks like, I mean, we'll have to see, but it certainly looks like with an incoming President Biden, what you're actually going to see is a lot more staged events. A lot more of these kind of canned events, which frankly turn people off from politics altogether. People want to be able to relate to and understand their their elected their elected leaders. So we'll just have to see what what happens. I do want to get your thoughts here, uh, Dr. Gina, on some of the remarks from the president today. He came out and, and in his speech, which I won't read the whole piece, but one one thought that he shared was that no nation can long thrive that loses faith in its own values, history, and heroes. He said, for these are the very sources of our unity and our vitality. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dr. Gina? Uh, well put, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's no secret that, um, you know, th this is a man who is, like I said, you know, has become a friend of mine and um, and to whom I, I just owe such a great deal of respect. He changed really politics in a way that I'd been fighting for for really all of my entire adult life, decades actually. You know, I was a founding member of the Tea Party movement. Um, I was somebody who just wanted to hand government back to the people and get the swamp out of it, get the establishment out of it. Um, you know, and to get the globalists uh, out of it. And this president came in and did that. And I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. I was tired of believing in candidates. And he came in and did that. And so, um, you know, it, it's no secret that, um, you know, this is a really super hard day for me and for people like me. And I'm sure for him. You know, I was thinking, Eric, of the irony of your questions um, today and, and what, how much I was going to tell you because I, I'm very careful and protective of what he tells me in interpersonal conversations. Um, I always talk a lot about what I ask him, but I don't always talk a lot about what he tells me. But in my, in my conversation with you right now, I realize never once in any of my conversations with him in person or on the phone or otherwise has he ever asked me not to repeat anything mm. he's told me. Isn't that amazing? And he knows I'm in the press. He knows I'm going to talk to on my TV show today. We talked about my TV show today. Never once he has, has he ever said, please don't repeat what I just told you. That's how transparent this president was. And you can ask the same question of many of his friends. Sebastian Gorka, who also talked to him the last few days. Uh, Daryl Scott, who's on our, our, our programming here, who has his show on Saturday. I'm sure he'll talk about his conversations with the president in the last few days. That's who he is. Um, we will miss this president in so many ways. And I think that America is in for a very rude awakening on so many levels. And many will realize the mistake they made in not uh, fighting harder to get to the truth about this election. Yeah, well, and speaking of speaking of, of fighting, uh, you've been, I'm gonna ask you to kind of put on your political analyst hat here. You know, as you mentioned, 
You're one of the founders of the Tea Party movement. You've been fighting for a long time to kind of return politics to people. And one of the things that it was very clear that President Trump was doing, one of the things that drove the elites mad was that he was actually fighting for the people. And oftentimes he was willing to buck the political establishment, including the Republican political establishment, including the foreign policy establishment. He was willing to do bold things like move the American embassy to Jerusalem when he had the entire foreign policy establishment against him. Um, and it, you know, it's actually, it's one of the marks of, of great presidents, a president from our home state of Missouri, Harry Truman, also had to buck the entire foreign policy establishment even to help to recognize the state of Israel in its beginning. This is a president who's done that repeatedly. When you put on your hat and you kind of think about this from the perspective of pol of where the Republican Party is headed, one of the things I've been saying for a long time is that I think for a lot of people, politics is no longer about Republicans versus Democrats. It's really become about the establishment versus the swamp. You've seen how this worked through the Tea Party. What are your thoughts right now on where we're headed? Yeah, well, it's one of the reasons why I admired you as a governor in Missouri, because I, I think, you know, you and I have unique perspective having, and I won't say that I served, I ran, um, but my husband served in Missouri also, and I saw him have to take on his own party many times. And uh, if you're going to be a really good leader, you have to be willing to do that, because there are times where your party, uh, you know, joins forces with those who it's convenient to join forces with. and. Uh, they do it for personal gain sometimes, and you have to be willing sometimes to stand completely alone, and that's a really ugly feeling, and uh, nobody wants to have to do that, but those who are willing uh, know um, how lonely that can be, and so for those who are willing to do it, nobody does that for self-glory. No one does that for self-glory. Um, it's, it's really difficult. There are, there, are, there are consequences to it. You're threatened for it. Um, we, in my case, we had the chair of the Republican Party, who still serves today, uh, not as a chair, but as a congresswoman, tell us there would be reprisals for us for the rest of our political lives. Um, you know, there are threats that come at you from every direction when you're willing to stand against your own party. My husband lost his chairmanship for a time over, for standing against his own party. Um, so when you're willing to do that, it says a lot about the integrity of that individual. So the fact that this president, for the first time really in my lifetime that I was old enough to understand, was willing to do that, it told me who he was and how much, um, how much of his political and personal capital he was willing to expend for the people. And, and I loved that. And I, I think he's provided a wonderful template that we'll have um, a good long time to compare the likes of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to. You know, I pray that they can in any way measure up. It'll be interesting. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Gina, it is so good to have you on. And I just want to personally thank you, appreciate your, your friendship with the President of the United States. And it's a real honor to have your insight uh, and your willingness to share it with, with our viewers. Well, folks, on that note, stay right here because Dr. Gina Primetime is coming right up. And we'll be back with more on actionable intelligence tomorrow night. Have a good one.